Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. It's been about two weeks since the Disinformation Governance Board was announced by the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, led by Secretary Mayorkas. Now, he's also been in charge of the southern border, and we know how much of a disaster that has been. But he assures us that this Disinformation Governance Board is a small body within the DHS and that the sole purpose is to prevent disinformation from harming our homeland. And he says that Americans will not be spied upon. But the person he has put in charge makes me a little suspicious and not quite willing to believe what exactly he is telling the press. Welcome to Counterthought. This is a special episode to me, real quick, right off the top. This episode marks the one-year anniversary since I have started the podcast. It is episode 49, which means I guess I missed three, possibly four episodes over the past year, uh, thanks to holidays or being sick and well, both really. But I want to thank you for supporting me through either listening to the podcast or viewing the podcast since about 15 episodes ago, I switched over to video. And so there's video and now audio, um, YouTube and Rumble for the video, and then basically anywhere you can listen to your podcast for the audio versions only. But this passion project of mine has now reached the one year mark. And over this one year, I've talked about everything from uh, family, a nuclear family to state action, state action censorship to Afghanistan withdrawal to uh, faith, fear, and freedom, to talking about inclusive Christianity, talking about some uh, current topics and then just in the news and then just larger topics as a, as a whole that we need, I think we need to discuss and contemplate as a society, as a country. You know, this podcast is about conserving American freedom, culture, and values. And I believe I've done a good job over this first year talking about different things, different topics that touch on all three of those pillars of this podcast. So again, thank you for supporting me and please promote this podcast anytime you feel like I say something that needs to be heard by others, by like-minded people, maybe even not like-minded people, but please share as much as you can, as long as you feel like I'm producing content that is, is worth sharing. And if you feel like there's areas I could improve upon, please Leave them in the comments. Shoot me an email, counterthoughtpodcast at gmail.com. Put your comments in this video or any other video before this one on YouTube or, or Rumble. Or find me on Instagram or the Counterthought Podcast page on Facebook. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you would like to see, what you would like to hear about. And again, thank you for your support. So the Disinformation Governance Board. Again, Department of Homeland Security, it's been tucked inside there. That Department of Homeland Security is led by uh, Secretary Mayorkas, and he has done a horrible job on the southern border. 
He seems like he is unqualified to manage the southern border. Um, it's either that or he is just purposely, along with the Biden administration, doing what they are doing with the number of migrants coming to the southern border. Uh, in 2020 or 2021, I believe it was 1.8 million illegal immigrant encounters at the southern border. We are on pace in 2022 to go well beyond that, especially if um, Title 42 is lifted, which is supposed to be lifted at the towards the end of the month. I believe it's May 23rd is the date. But with all of that, we're supposed to trust Mayorkas and his DHS with this disinformation governance board. Now, I'm suspicious of this governance board because of, of the timing of its release. It was announced, I believe, about two weeks ago, this disinformation governance board. And it was announced right alongside maybe a few days after the Musk purchase of Twitter went through. The, the accepted offer by the Twitter board for Elon Musk to purchase Twitter. Not only that, just a few days prior, um, former President Obama was making the rounds. I think he was in maybe in California at the time speaking at one of the colleges out there. And he was talking about how, you know, acknowledging that big tech social media companies are doing more and more and more and taking responsibility for the um, content that is on their platforms, you know, and specifically content in his view that is considered misinformation or, or disinformation. But at that, in that same interview, Obama says that there needs to be more done. And then, poof, within less than a week, this disinformation governance board is released, you know, a press release, press conference, the whole nines. And it just kind of raises my eyebrows thinking, you know, what is what is really going on here? Um, are these is this disinformation governance board a direct response to this this notion or this belief that Elon Musk, once he gets his hands on Twitter in about six months time, is going to open it up. He's talked about open source for the algorithms, talked about transparency, says he is a free speech <clears throat> absolutist. And the only restrictions then on free speech would be within the, the laws that are set within, within our country. And that the reaction, at least on the, the left, the definitely the far liberal left is, you know, hands up in the air, screaming, gnashing of teeth, talking about how, more speech is going to allow for more misinformation, more disinformation, and that's going to be harmful to our democracy. And we need to do more. We as a country and big tech platforms, social media platforms need to do more to control the speech. You know, we want to make sure that we approve, basically as an argument, approve of the content that is being produced. Well, if you've been paying to politics at all since the Biden administration began and even even before that, going all the way back to 2016, big tech social media companies, legacy mainstream media, liberal media has numerous examples of being wrong about what is considered truth and what is considered, you know, what is true and what is false, what is actually misinformation and and what is a hoax and what is just speech being suppressed because you don't like the implications of it, maybe the truth of it. So how are we supposed to believe 
not to mention the cases during the pandemic that were just blatantly false. And we were told things that were just blatantly wrong from the federal government. You know, how can you, if you are being honest with yourself and honest in your, your views and your, um, analysis of everything that has happened in, in these past two years. And again, going back to the Trump administration, how can you really trust that the federal government and, and DHS and this disinformation governance board is going to be working in, in your best interest is actually truly only going to limit themselves to preserving and um, keeping safe our homeland from, from disinformation. So when this disinformation governance board was <clears throat> was announced, it says its sole focus is to address threats to the homeland, specifically calls out, you know, threats that could come from China or Russia or other bad actors who want to try to influence our elections or spread disinformation like during the pandemic or during maybe another emergency that could result in lives being lost that should not have been lost if they, you know, if those people were not influenced by the misinformation and disinformation that is being spread. Well, it's also said, Mayorkas has said in interviews going back to last week, that this is a, quote, small task force. Now, he did not quantify how many people are involved in this small task force, but you tell me if this, if this sounds small. So the governing board has a governance board, right? That's typical of the federal government and the administrative state. You have a governing board and you have a governing board on the governing board. But this governance board is co-chaired by the DHS Office of Policy, the Office of the General Counsel, DHS leaders from within CISA, CISA, that's the Cyber Information Security Agency, FEMA, CBP, so Customs and Border Patrol, the Office of Civil Rights and Civil Liberties, the Office of Intelligence and Analysis, Science and Technology Directorate, and the privacy office. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 10, about 10 sub agencies that are co-chairing this governance board. So that leads me to believe that there are, this is no small, small task force. And I agree that if, that if truly this governance board is going to disinformation governance board, the DGP as their DGB, as they're calling it, you know, KGB, DGB, mm. <laughs> but if this DGB is truly going to focus on limiting disinformation coming from foreign, bad foreign actors, then I agree we should probably have as many people as possible working on this to prevent that from happening. But I don't, I don't have any good examples. I don't have any. I don't think the federal government can put any credibility behind themselves to justify us believing or me believing that this is only going to be limited to bad foreign actors. Mallorca said that, you know, American citizens will not be spied upon. But is, is that really going to be the case? Um, information was released just this past week that the CDC was using cell phone data, purchased cell phone data to track people during COVID-19 and whether or not they were adhering to, I think it was like the social policies that were put in place in certain parts of, of the country. 
Now, Mayorkas also said that the <clears throat> DGB does not have any, I guess they can't go out and, you know, put handcuffs on somebody, you know, they can't arrest anyone. So what they do is that the DGB is going to disseminate best practice, best practices to quote operators. Okay. Well, well, who are those operators? Are those operators people who already reside within DHS or maybe those other organizations that are co-chairs? Are these operators big tech social media companies? Because going back to, I believe it was July of last year, you know, when the Biden administration was really trying to hit that, I believe it was 70 or 75% mark for, for vaccinations of adults, they were falling short of that. And Jen Psaki from the podium in the, in the White House press briefing room admitted that, you know, they were having conversations, the administration was having conversations with Facebook to limit the disinformation or the misinformation, their definition of misinformation that was occurring on Facebook so that people would not be vaccine hesitant. Now, that is the federal government using a private company to do its bidding to censor speech on its behalf, which technically made Facebook a state actor, and that would be state actor censorship, which is illegal. So that example alone... <clears throat> You know, it was a red flag to me of, can I really trust this, this DGB, the Disinformation Governance Board? They're going to have to do more to prove to me that I, that I can actually trust them. Because, again, the Democrats have lately, especially over the last um, six years, have a horrible track record when it comes to misinformation and disinformation. We have big tech social media companies, right? Big tech social media companies have had their hands in the caught in the cookie jar numerous times. I just gave that example of the Biden administration asking Facebook to, you know, suppress or limit the reach of posts on, on their platform that could be causing vaccine hesitancy. Talked about in previous episodes and, and again, now that the Biden, um, Hunter Biden laptop story was, a combination of Facebook, Twitter, I believe Instagram got in on it, and maybe one other platform to suppress that story, to suspend the New York Post account. And not only that, but it went to the, so far to where you could not even share that article in your DMs on Twitter, and I'm sure also on Facebook as well. And then we also have examples of the media just spouting the talking points from the Democrat party or from the white house and and other disinformation. Think about the Russia hoax, the Russia hoax. We were told for years, not only from the media that that was true, not the hoax was true, but that the collusion was true. Ultimately ending up as a, or being a hoax the entire time, but was never acknowledged. They never, they were just lying basically for three, four straight years in a row. And that goes back to also was tied to our federal government, our intelligence agencies, our um, judicial department of justice with the FBI. It was also tied into um, big media, big tech, 
Department of Justice, you know, the FBI within the Department of Justice goes to the intelligence agencies all the way, all the way up the ladder, so to speak. <clears throat> and, and that is still being reviewed of, of how much was actually known and, and, and everything. And Sussman, I think, goes on trial um, next week. His trial begins, Michael Sussman. But it goes all the way back to the, the Clinton campaign. So we're talking all the way back to 2016. And not only that, but there are Senate, senators and representatives, mainly Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and, and everything, which, you know, slept with a Chinese spy. But regardless, it just permeated through so many different areas within our government and within media and tech. So how can we, how can we trust them? You know, and then COVID information, that's probably going to get the flag put up on this video on YouTube. Hopefully it don't take it down. But COVID information, we were told that initially masks don't work. The reason for that was because they didn't want to run on, on masks. And then we were told, okay, well, masks do work. And even those little triple ply masks work. Well, no, actually, actually they, they don't. Um, but that was still being pushed. We were told that, you know, from the, CDC and from the Department of Education that and, and teachers unions, not not all teachers, you know, this is specifically Weingarten. And I think she runs the 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 NEA. I, I have that wrong, but Randy Weingarten saying, Oh yes, you know, we want we want students back, but you know, they're they're at risk and they can they can spread and then that puts our teachers at risk, even though all their demands were being were being met for the teachers to, you know, to be protected. So all of this, all of these lies that, you know, you may have kind of been thinking there were lies as they were going on during the pandemic, but as more and more studies have been done and the, and the data has been collected and, and analyzed and so on and so forth, it, it's clear that we were being lied to throughout the pandemic. So the federal government, specifically the executive branch, the administrative state can say all these things. Mayorkas can say all of these things, but I don't think he has a leg to stand on as far as trusting him. And neither does anyone else in the executive branch, the administrative state that, you know, wants to give their, their seal of approval. Cause it's been shown time and time again, that we cannot trust what they're saying. They have the, the trust that once was there. Maybe if you had any in the federal government, especially the executive branch and even, you know, the legislature has eroded. Polls show going back to last year and, and prior that the trust in media has eroded because it's just become uh, mouthpieces for the, the current administration and the current administration not being truthful about a lot of things means that those media companies are not being truthful. They're just regurgitating whatever they're being fed. You know, that comes from from the podium of, of the White House or from the press briefing room. So I am very, very hesitant to everything involving this disinformation governance board. The woman that is in charge of this, Nina Jankowitz, she is, you know, you may have seen it. You may have seen her, her singing to Mary Poppins or a rendition on supercalifragilisticexpialidocious talk and just going going through that i've seen it played on on loops on you know different platforms and different news news stations um fox news uh, for example 
She seems to be very good uh, thespian. You know, she's got, she has talent, right? But if you go back and show it here on the screen, if you look at some of her, <clears throat> her old tweets before she was even put in this position, she was a huge, huge supporter of Hillary Clinton. She quoted uh, one of her tweets here from Hillary Clinton. She quoted uh, Hillary saying, we've never been in an election where a foreign power has worked so hard to influence our election. That's Hillary Clinton talking about Russia. And Nita Jankowitz says, hashtag I'm with her, which was you know the campaign slogan for, for Clinton. And then above that, just a month later, the leader of the Disinformation Governance Board says Trump had not one but two secret email servers to communicate with an influential Russian bank. Unbelievable. Well, if you go back a few episodes of mine, I think it's around episode 39-ish, 38, but it's about, it's about did the Clinton campaign spy on Donald Trump? And, and yes, they did. And they put out that was actually that second tweet I just read to you is one of the things that that came from the Clinton campaign that there was this server tying Trump to to Russia and to this bank. Well, that has been proven not to be true, and that is actually what uh, the current uh, special in investigator that is going reviewing all this uh, Durham he has brought all this to light. His his and his crew, their investigation. And Nina Jankowicz, you can go back through her Twitter and you can see numerous uh, pictures that she posted of going to different Hillary Hillary Clinton you know, campaign events, whether, or campaign funding events and so on and so forth. So she is, is not partisan, even though Mayorkas last week and some, I think weekend interviews, he was saying like, Oh yeah, you know, she's, she's nonpartisan. Yeah. You know, she's, you know, doesn't lean one way or the other. She's neutral. Well, Mayorkas was questioned in front of the Senate. And I think it was Rand Paul. I believe it was Rand Paul who, who asked him, you know, did did you know that she posted this 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 this? Have you seen that that Mary Poppins video? You know, did you meet with her? Did you sign off on on her being, you know, appointed to, appointed to this position? And Mayorkas was like, you know, well, um, uh, uh, mm, uh, no, I, no, no, actually, I I didn't, I didn't see all of these things. And it's like, oh, oh, comforting, right? You know, you're you're just. You're just the leader of the Department of Homeland Security where this disinformation governance board resides and is going to get all its its power and authority from. But yet you were not involved at all in the approval or you act as if you you didn't know any of this information just so you can probably give it um, some uh, credences. I think that's the right word, but just so you can make it seem as if, you know, you can you can be trusted. So all of these red flags, right? How are we, how are we going to trust Nina Jankowicz to lead the DGB, the Disinformation Governance Board, and be neutral? If this Disinformation Governance Board is truly going to do what they say it's going to do and just limit these bad actors spreading disinformation to, har to harm our country, the person leading Disinformation Governance Board <laughs> and actually leading DHS, you know, just take my orcas out, put them in some other agency or, you know, send them, send them home packing needs to be someone who functions as like an ombudsman 
you know, we ombudsmen's they exist for for newspapers and you know they review, they're neutral and so on and so forth. But that's someone who who needs to be in a position of power, not someone who's heavily tilted on one side of the scale. Because Nina Jankowitz in one, in her book, um, she wrote a book called How to Be a Woman Online. And in that book, stealing this from from Liz Wheeler, if you don't listen to her podcast, highly recommend it. But in that book, what Nina Jankowitz talks about is she gives examples of how women online, they cannot fully engage in political discussions because of the bullying that they receive. And talks about how then from that bullying, there is no way to really penalize those people that do the bullying and there's not enough action taken against the bulliers, the bully. So the action that then like legally, you know, the police can't come in and and arrest the person, then that there needs to be more done by big tech social media platforms to limit this bullying. Okay. Well, if that's, if that's kind of, if that's where she stands, you know, she put this down on paper in a book, literally on paper in a book. Does that mean that if she, if Nina Jankowitz and her, her team, the DGB see bullying online, that then that person or those people are going to be silenced, suppressed, or going to be acted against, acted upon by, by our federal government? Because I mean, that's a really low bar in my opinion. Bullying can happen all the time. I don't, I don't um, condone it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't approve of it. Right. There shouldn't be any kind of bullying, but to, potentially then take action against somebody who who does that i mean that seems like a really low bar to clear and then a huge slippery slope so nina jankowitz who's in charge of the dgb she is not someone who is nonpartisan. she's nowhere near neutral but yet we're supposed to to trust her and trust trust her leadership Mayorkas described her as a expert with tons and tons of experience mm. She doesn't seem so. And even if you have experience, that doesn't necessarily mean you are an expert. You can have plenty of education. You can be in, an intelligent individual and still get a lot of things wrong or, or, or be dumb. I remember during, the, during uh, the Trump and Clinton campaigns, they kept saying, oh, you know, and same with Joe Biden, Democrat Party. Oh, yeah, you know, tons of experience. Clinton, she was secretary of state. You know, she was a, a senator in New York and blah, blah, blah. You know, tons of experience. You know, she would be the best pick. And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, just because you have experience doesn't necessarily mean you know what you're talking about. I could have 15 years experience doing one type of job and be terrible at that job. But so that doesn't mean that just because I have experience means I'm the best person for the next job. (laughs) That's just that argument is so weak, you know, put your trust in someone or hire someone just because they have experience. Okay, well, what did they what did they accomplish? What do they actually know? So I just have so many questions for this DGB. Everyone talks about, especially on the political right, that this is like the Ministry of Truth from the 1984 read that book back in middle school. I, I probably need to reread it, right? Or probably should have started rereading it last year and because it's getting a lot of things from that book are really starting to pop up right now. But everyone on the right is 
you know, hands up in the air saying, whoa, what is this disinformation governance board all about? The only person on the right that I've actually heard, you know, just basically dismiss the DGB is Bill O'Reilly. I believe it was a week or maybe two weeks ago where he where he said that this is just a distraction to distract from other things that the Biden administration are doing doing horribly about. I don't really I don't believe that I disagree with with Bill on that. He's a straight shooter and, and is right about a lot of things, you know, with with his um political acumen and his opinions and so on and so forth. But I'm going to disagree with him on on this one. I think the DGB is real and I don't expect the DGB to do what it is that Mallorca says their intent, their purpose is to do. So do not sleep on this. Do not let this just be, I know it's like drinking from, from a, a fire hose, you know, all this information that is out there, all the information that's on the news is only a fraction of all the information that goes on within the administrative state, the legislate, the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judi- judicial branch is just a lot. It is a lot. But do not let this one pass you by. We have seen time and time again where the left wants to control speech. They currently have power. They're going to have power, you know, fingers crossed, only through November. Hopefully Biden is basically a lame duck after the November midterm elections, go out and vote, vote red, red wave, limit his power, limit the legislature's power because they're doing terrible things to this country. But do not let the disinformation governance board just pass you by. I know it's been news for about two weeks now, but it is still something to consider because it is something that is being ramped up and something we need to keep our eye on to see exactly how this disinformation governance board is impacting our lives based on the information that they are actually taking action against. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at CounterThought CEO or on Facebook at CounterThought Podcast.